0: about that um getting a getting a mentor either a business coach or mentor or a personal therapist or coach or mentor whatever it is that you feel you need or both but also it's about creating that circle and tribe around you as well of of like-minded people and individuals that you can relate to that you that you aspire to that you are inspired by and that you can motivate one another um and having the right kind of people in your network I mean it goes back to that Uh, really, um, I guess overused, but amazing um, quotation, which I actually posted today on Instagram, your network is your net worth.
1: You just heard the voice of Fiona Duncan-Steer, writer, columnist, speaker, facilitator, and trainer in business-to-business networking. Fiona has been running events for over 15 years and is the founder of the highly successful business networking organisation RSVIP. In this episode you will learn why your own health is vital for the success of your business and your career and why your network truly is your net worth not just in financial terms but in all areas of your life if you're ready to slow down reflect and take care of yourself so you can maximize your business and your life then stick around because this is the episode for you welcome to the show my name is Ali West and since 2008 I have been working in the health and fitness industry. In the space of just under 10 years, I went from being a glorified treadmill cleaner to the owner of my own 9,000 square foot gym, Kinetic Fitness, here in Nottingham in the United Kingdom. Plus helping thousands of people along the way, both offline and online, to improve their health and well-being. Now I want to help you do the same by sharing my own wisdom and the wisdom of some of the brightest minds in health, fitness, nutrition, biohacking and spirituality so you can become optimally healthy in your mind, body and spirit. If you're ready, then let the show begin. Hello and welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show, where we inspire you to live a longer, healthier, happy and more joyful life. We cover everything you need to know to be optimally healthy in your mind, body and spirit. Are you ready to become the ultimate version of yourself? Well, let's dive into another episode with your host and guide by your side, Ally West. Welcome to episode 107, 107 of the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast. How's your day? How's your week going so far? I hope you're doing great and I hope you're having a fantastic week so far. I would firstly just like to say a huge thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode. Whether you are a brand new listener, this is your first time on the show, or if you are a returning listener or a regular listener, as always I feel truly blessed and I am truly grateful that you've taken time out of your day to improve your physical, mental and spiritual well-being. I have a very special episode today because my guest today, Fiona, is a long-time friend of mine and is someone Who has helped me massively with my own business and now she's here to help you as well, not just with your business but with your health and well-being as well. Even if you're not a business owner you will take so much value from today's episode. But before I introduce Fiona I just have a few announcements and I would love for you to take the time to listen to them as they will help support this podcast and in return they will help you as well. If you do decide to skip over this part All the links are in the description or the show notes of this episode, so please do check them out. My first announcement is asking for your help and support. I have just launched a crowdfunding campaign for the Kinetic Fitness Show. This podcast is at the point where we need to take it to the next level. This means improved audio, visual, improved editing, hosting, marketing and promotion of the podcast, as well as attracting amazing guests to appear on the show. All of this comes at a price, and off the back of the global pandemic, my business and my podcast has taken a hit. Cash flow has been reduced, making it increasingly difficult to reinvest and grow. I also lost a couple of potential sponsors for similar reasons. Therefore, I'm asking for your help and for your support so this podcast can reach and inspire even more people all around the globe. If you could make a donation today, no matter how small or large to support me and the show via the crowdfunding campaign I would be forever grateful. I will also give you a shout out on the podcast and on social media and I will shout out anyone who decides to donate their hard-earned money to help support this podcast This is an emotional and mental battle for me because I hate asking for money, but in these unprecedented times even a dollar would go a long way to upgrading my show and ultimately upgrading your experience as a listener. Much love and thanks in advance. I would now like to mention our sponsors of the show. Our first sponsor is Pure Himalayan Shilajit. Shilajit is an ancient mineral from the Himalayas which has been used in the East for its powerful benefits for thousands of years. Shilajit helps to increase your energy and mental performance, plus many other benefits. I've personally been using Shilajit for a while now, and I've noticed improvements in my cognitive performance and my energy levels. And I'd love for you to benefit from this powerful ancient mineral, so I've partnered up with my good friends over at PureHimalayanShilajit.com and they are offering every listener of the show a 15% discount off any order of Shilajit. Simply hit the link in the description of this podcast, place an order, and bang in the code aliwest at checkout that's aliwest a-l-i-w-e-s-t at checkout to bag your discount our second sponsor is mudo health mudo are a dna testing company and they make testing your dna and getting your own genetic profile super easy all you do is you order your testing kit from their site it's mailed out to you you take a simple saliva test send it back to their lab and within a couple of weeks you will get a breakdown of your genetic health with over 90 plus reports on your DNA. Also, you'll get a report and a breakdown on how you can make improvements to your own health on the deepest levels, all laid out in an easy, user-friendly mobile app. Mudo has revolutionized my health, my client's health, and also my family's health. My dad recently got off his medication after implementing the guidance in his genetic report from his DNA test with Mudo Health. That's why I've teamed up with the guys at Mudo to help the listeners of the Kinetic Fitness show improve their DNA health as well. They are offering all listeners of the show an amazing 20% off any DNA kit purchase. Simply hit the link in the description, add your kit to the basket and at checkout put in the code ALDNA that's ALDNA, A-L-D-N-A, ALDNA ALDNA at checkout to bag your incredible discount. My guest today is Fiona Duncan-Steer. I've known Fiona for over a decade, and over the years, she's not only become a very important part of my network, but also a close business associate and friend. Fiona is a writer, columnist, speaker, and facilitator and trainer in business-to-business networking. Fiona has been running events for over 15 years and is the founder of the highly successful independent East Midlands-based business network, RSVIP. Fiona's business network social events attract an average of 150 business professionals into a room every single month, a feat the big national players would love to emulate. Down to earth and brilliantly connected, Fiona has become the go-to person for UK businesses who want to get connected with the right people, have their venues seen and their events filled. With this experience, she has also now become an in-demand expert for organisations wishing to train their employees on how to network effectively and maximise their experiences at events. Fiona also guest lectures at the University of Nottingham and Nottingham Trent University, taking an active role within their Entrepreneur in Residence and Illumini Fellowship schemes. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Fiona has taken her events online and her business continues to go from strength to strength. So what are some of the key insights and takeaways that you will get from today's episode? Well, firstly, you will learn about Fiona's story and our relationship and our story as well of how we met over 10 years ago at one of her events. You'll learn why looking after your own health is so important for being a successful business person, entrepreneur or employee. You'll learn why so many business people experience burnout and how you can prevent it. You'll find out about the power of slowing down and reflection. You'll also learn about vision boarding and how you can visualise your future, set goals and smash them. You'll learn about the importance of mindset and why it's important to have a positive mindset. You'll also learn why you need external mentors and coaches. You'll find out why you should create your life on your own terms by your own design. Fiona shares the top three tips to improve your physical, mental and spiritual well-being, which in turn will help your business life plus much, much more. I remember going to one of Fiona's early networking events and there only being about 15 people there at that time. In 10 years I've seen her business grow exponentially, gain hundreds of members and diversify into other avenues such as coaching, writing and public speaking. Fiona is an inspiration to any business owner or anyone in the corporate world and I know you will get a ton of value from today's conversation. If you enjoy it, please share it and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so this episode and this podcast can inspire and help others. Without any further ado, this is episode 107 with Fiona Duncan-Steer. Enjoy. Hey Fiona, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Finally, made it happen. I
0: know, after all this time we've been talking about it and I'm finally here, really
1: pleased to be here Thank you Ali. Yeah, well I'm looking forward to speaking to you and sharing some of your, your knowledge, your wisdom on health, well-being, business, mindset, all of that kind of stuff but I think before we do that we'll give the listeners a bit of a context uh, to our relationship and I was trying to work it out over the weekend when we first met and I'm going to say it was 2010, but it could possibly have been 2009. You'll have to correct me on this.
0: No, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it's definitely been a good 10 years, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And it was before I even started my personal training business, which I started in 2011. So that's nine years ago.
0: Exactly, because you were at the gym, weren't you? Was it Virgin? Before? Yeah, I was at
1: Virgin, and that's when we very first met. And then I remember coming to one of your events when I was just about to launch my PT business. Um, and yeah, that was that was the start of it, and we've known each other ever since.
0: That's it, I know, and you are you are actually one of my most longest-standing clients, and uh, I say clients, but members. I like to, uh, the phrase members more so, with RSVIP My Business Network, and you've been a really good attender over the years as well, and then of course met Sarah through the events.
1: Exactly, yeah, that's another thing we need to let the listeners and viewers know that yeah, I met Sarah, my wife, at your event, and we was the first uh, RSVIP wedding, weren't we?
0: Oh yeah, I mean that was a press release that came out of that one, wasn't there? I think we tried to get get a story out of that one because it, it made a fantastic story. Um, so yeah, I mean it's what it that's what it's about, isn't it? With business networking, it's it's not all about business; it's just about human connection.
1: Definitely, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. So let's, let's start with a bit of your story. So fill, I know your story, but fill the listeners and the viewers in on you, who you are, and your story and, and what you currently do. And then we'll go from there. And we'll start tapping into some of maybe the healthy habits and all the other stuff uh, further down the line. But let's share your story to start off with.
0: Sounds good. So uh, my background is um, actually way back is theatre design. So I've got a real, really creative background. That's what I studied at university here in Nottingham. Um, I was always very artistic and it was always going to be a creative industry that I went into initially before I figured out what I actually wanted to do as a career. So I studied theatre design, worked in some theatres for a while and um, did a bit of design work for Carlton TV Studios and a few travelling theatre companies um, and then I decided that um, if I was going to make it in the theatre world I'd have to probably move to the West End and move down south. I was only 21 at the time, I had my life here in Nottingham and I wasn't quite ready so I decided that a change of career would be on the cards and I went into sales quite randomly for a blue chip company learned a lot in that world of sales uh, over the period of about two and a half years Um, but it became apparent while I was there that um, I wasn't really wanting to work in the world of insurance which was the product I was selling at the time it wasn't very me it wasn't exciting enough for me I was a creative as I say so I need something a bit more creative something I could get my teeth stuck into So I decided to uh, leave that company after that time and I went into the world of advertising. So um, my kind of career journey really has kind of taken an organic growth of leading to the point where I am now. But when I look back in hindsight, I can see that um, every job that I ever did as an employed employee was leading to this point of me being self-employed and and being in the world of events, which is the world that I'm in now. and then uh, I guess fast forward to present day, I've been in events now for around 15 years. Um, and I share my knowledge of the events world and marketing and business in terms of what I've learned along the way as a business owner um, through my workshops, masterclasses, and training, skill set training. And that's both online and in person. So I work quite closely with the universities in Nottingham to mentor students and to train and deliver training sessions. Uh, to both students and academics. Um, I'm also a qualified business coach and consultant. and um, I do quite a lot of speaking and uh, writing as well.
1: Awesome. The first thing I want to ask you then, Fiona, is this idea of being your own boss or, you, or an entrepreneur, business owner, however you want to label it, is that something that clicked? when you was maybe 21 22 or do you think that's always been inside of you where where did that come from
0: yeah it's a really good question that has always been inside of me actually Ali I think it wasn't just a 21 year old sort of light bulb moment Um, right from a young age from a child I've been really entrepreneurial I think a lot of it stems from being brought up in a single parent family my mum worked really hard uh, in a full-time job she was actually in further education she was actually one of Um, this country's um, first or first and only not first but only um, female mechanics and so she was working on heavy goods goods vehicles from the age of 17 she had a a, 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 um, driving license to drive heavy goods vehicles and she was teaching motor vehicle mechanics so she was a big inspiration to me from a young age anyway um bringing up two children on her own effectively and it was a struggle from a young age so we had to think outside of the box in terms of how to make ends meet every month because her wage didn't quite stretch you know, with her being on her own so we would buy and sell things we often spent a lot of time at car boot sales uh from a young age so from a young age i actually earned the art of negotiation um i was a bit of a dull boy if i'm honest with you i kind of I kind of got quite, I got quite into the whole kind of bulk buying of things like uh, sweets and chocolate. And I bought buy them from car boot sales and cigarette lighters, believe it or not, because it was supply and demand. A lot of people in my year smoked it. And um, I'd sell them off, sell things off individually at a marked up price for profit. And I kind of learned the difference between kind of um gross and net and profit and loss and all of that from a young age and I love to negotiate I mean I, I wouldn't be happy unless I got something at a bargain price I never paid full price for anything I still don't now <laughs> and um, you know I'm not afraid to kind of ask for a deal and I think that kind of was in me from a young age and then you know car boot sales and then I, as a teenager because my mum was a mechanic we we went into kind of a loose business together buying and selling cars so we, I would put up the money mum would do them up, buy the parts and we'd sell them and split the profit um, and I, at the same time I was learning to drive as well and i drive myself to the pub on a Friday night with mum in the passenger seat and she drives the car back. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah I kind of I've kind of got I mean that's just a couple of stories but right from probably um, six or seven I was making jewellery and selling it to friends and that kind of thing so I was always quite entrepreneurial so yeah it definitely started from a young age Ali.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that how so many entrepreneurs and so many business owners start off buying and selling, or you could call it, I don't like the terminology, but you could call it hustling. And uh, I was exactly the same. I think my first business was buying water in bulk from macro remember macro yeah yes. <laughs> for all of my listeners over in the states and canada macro is like costco you guys would have costco over there or whatever or walmart so we used to go to macro and i'd get my dad to buy loads of water and then i'd go and resell the water at maybe like 50p more or 20p more than what what we bought it for that was my first one and then car washing every- Oh, yes, yes. I used to do that. And then uh, there was something else. I did. Oh, selling cigarettes, bizarrely, at school, which is probably yeah. not aligned with what I do now. <laughs> but I used to sell cigarettes, yeah, to the kids at school. And I used to make a killing off of that. So, well, until my mom- business together
0: because I was selling the
1: lighters. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Until my mum found the box of cig- cigarettes um, stuffed behind my bed or something, and she thought I was smoking, and I, <laughs> I wasn't. I was just selling them, but she didn't believe me. But yeah, but the but selling and buying—it's it's the way that a lot of us kind of start off and learn. And I think you do have that flame inside you, don't you? You 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 kind of know you've either got it or you haven't. That you're going to be your own boss and your own uh, and your own business owner from a, from a young age. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's inevitable that I was going to be, and sounds like the same for you. And and many people in business that I know now say the same thing. Like you say, it's, you know, Sir Alan Sugar. He, um, I, I mean, he always says that he started off on the markets, didn't he, and buying, buying and selling. And so when you watch shows like The Apprentice, for example, and he always kind of warms to those that are quite good at selling and buying and selling on the markets in the task, because I think it reminds me of him of a younger him version of himself. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was definitely I was definitely destined to be self-employed and to own my own business one day. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and let's get stuck into maybe the health side of things as well, because obviously we're on a health and fitness podcast here, so we want to link up what you what you Stop do.
0: Talking. Stop talking about smoking. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to link what you do and and uh, to health and fitness, and also um, many different areas of health. So first thing I want to talk about is, is is your mindset. So obviously we've spoken there about the entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. but what sort of stuff do you do for your, your mental health and for your mind that helps you to be healthy in your mind, but also to function and operate your successful business? Because let's be honest, you have got a very successful business and it's grown year on year. I've witnessed it firsthand grow. So, what have you done with the mental aspect of well-being to allow this to come to fruition and allow you to be healthy as well?
0: Yeah, so I mean, mindset for me is huge, and I think um, if it's not with you in your business, it should be a massive element to it because it's the foundation of everything, isn't it? It's if you're you are your business, you know, no matter how big or small your business is. If you um, started that business and you want to remain included in that business and have um have a say in what goes on and 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 be known for the brand that you're running or 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 operating I think it's very important to always be the best version of yourself wherever possible whenever you're in the public domain whether that's face to face or online or whatever and so how do you achieve that well you can't possibly be the best person of yourself all the time so it's about understanding that I think initially and and uh, knowing your limits and also finding that equal balance between work and work life you know I've kind of had to learn the hard way over the years and I think a lot of people have where they start out in business and it's really difficult to say no to anything it's that whole big big word no isn't it and I think I always used to take every opportunity because I didn't want to miss an opportunity so I'd say yes to everything which is a really positive way to be but at the same time I was I think I was stretching myself far too thinly and I found myself kind of um getting to a breaking point, really, and burning the candle at both ends, if you like, and feeling like my life was very much imbalanced. Um, I wasn't sleeping very well. I was anxious, um, quite stressed out a lot of the time. And I've, I had, when I sort of stopped and reflected, I realised I wasn't really enjoying it as well, which is a huge deal because when you're in business and you start your own business, you know one of the massive positivities of having your own business is to do what you actually love and enjoy doing. So when you realize that, you know, actually, I'm not really enjoying this because I'm really exhausted all the time. That's when you've, something's got to change. And so um, quite early on in my business, um, I realized this. um, And as I say, I learned the hard way and I I decided from then on that I was going to change things and that I needed to introduce more of a work-life balance. And so to do that, you know, I've had to focus on myself. And um, I've had to really kind of look within and look at what I need as a human, as a person, in order to top myself up to keep my energy levels at the right level, um, and to keep my positivity there. And to, um, if I feel like my mojo's, you know, dropping, um, it's about recognising that as well. Because a lot of it's to do with self awareness, you know, it's about actually, okay, recognising when your energy levels are low, and when you need to, uh, lift up your mojo again or do something that makes you happy and makes brings you back to you again. Um, so it's about the self-awareness and recognising. But then then it's also actually knowing what to do in order to, to get yourself topped up again. Um, and it's, again, taken me quite a few years to, I think, figure that out. But now I've got into a really good routine over recent years of um, introducing things like meditation into my life. Um, I try and meditate usually five days a week Monday to Friday I don't don't tend to do it at weekends but and I like to do it first thing in the morning when I wake up so I'd usually do it before I even get out of bed so it's the first thing that I do when I'm in bed um and it kind of sets me up for the day and it kind of inspires me to kind of get going and then I'll whip the covers off and I'll be like right let's start the day and I do say that to myself out loud as well um I mean, talking about morning routines, I tend to always have to make my bed. I did a post about this on Twitter the other day um, about how physically, I don't know what it is about making your bed physically once you get out of it so it's tidy again, but it it kind of sets me up for the day and knowing that, right, okay, I've had a good night's sleep. I'm making my bed and now I'm starting the day um, and seeing what the day will bring. Obviously, a nice cup of tea. I'm not a coffee person. I'm not really a tea person either in terms of milk, so I don't drink milk, but so I'm a herbal and fruit tea. I'm quite healthy in that sense. So I like to start the day with maybe a green tea or something that will energise me. Um, but yeah, mindfulness as well. Practising mindfulness is a huge deal um, and a huge thing for me in terms of being mindful and in the present. So it's actually and an what links with that. And I'm sure, you know, and I know that this is what you do as well, Ali, in a massive way. It's gratitude, practising gratitude and being grateful for the things that you have in your life Um, and and sort of kind of reflecting on things every so often just allowing yourself those times to stop so that you can reflect on your achievements um because I always think you know if I always say in my training sessions you know reflect on your past achievements in order to fuel future ones um because it's really difficult to kind of well, it's really easy actually to, to forget all the accomplishments that you have achieved over the years, because we're all in this rat race together and we're all always in one big rush, aren't we? And it's quite easy to, you know, actually forget all of the great things that you've done. And as a business owner, you don't always have a boss to pat you on the back and go, well done on that this week. You've done great. You have to do it yourself. So all of these things that I'm speaking about have kind of helped me personally in slowing down and finding that balance.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. There's many things that we could touch on there. The first one is I want to go right back to the start of that last piece that you just said, when you said about, like many people are just going a million miles an hour, and they don't really take that time. Why do you think that is? Why do you think so many business owners sometimes have to experience a breakdown or burnout? before they make some changes to, to look, look after themselves. Because I i am the same as you. I ultimately believe that if you look after yourself and look after your own being on all fronts first, then you're going to be able to perform better in your, in your business, in your job, which will then go on to your customers or suppliers or whoever. And it's just one big, nice circle. Whereas so many people don't look after their health, they get stressed, they, they burn out and then heaven forbid further down the line, they get something nasty, from the doctors saying that they've got this, this, and this. And then they're like, make changes when that could have been addressed earlier. So the question I've got really is, why do you think so many, not just business owners, but people in the corporate world, they don't take that time to look after themselves?
0: Well, I think it is. I think it's a number of things. It's just not one thing. I think one of the, one of the things is, is lack of self-awareness, like I spoke about. I think it's not even being aware of the fact that you're working so hard. You're almost in this bubble of okay routine I get up I do this I do x y and z and by this point I needed to have done this and I needed to have achieved this and I've got to get this done by this day that you know and it's kind of you're in your bubble you're in your world as such and you're not you almost need to have that out-of-body experience to to look at yourself from above and go, flip your neck, like you're working like the clappers, you know, you need to slow down because if you don't, you know, this is going to have a massive effect on your mental health. So you almost need like that, it's like that angel on your shoulder, isn't it, talking to you, but you don't have that. So the only thing you do have is yourself to say that to. So it's about finding, having that self-awareness to go, right, be your own best mentor unless you've got somebody who can be a mentor for you and actually keep their eye on you but you've got to be your own best mentor in business so it's about kind of the self-awareness of it and i think that's why people kind of do get to breaking point because they're not very self-aware they don't even realize they don't notice before until it's too late but i also think it's this work ethic that we have in in britain and england especially where we uh it's like um we have to work hard, we have to be part of the rat race, you know, and if we're not, we're lazy, we're deemed to be lazy, we're not hard workers, we, you know, it's like a badge of honor to be busy all the time, isn't it? And actually that's not a good thing to be busy, you know, I speak about this a lot as well, when I talk about conversations in networking and, you know, my industry, and one of the big massive questions that you get asked when you're networking all the time is, oh, how's work, are you busy? And naturally you default to the response of, yeah, really busy. You don't even think about it before you respond, and I used to be guilty of this as well. Not now because I know better, but before, when I was new in business, I would naturally de- default to that response. Oh yeah, really busy, because it's like a badge of honor. If if you're if you say anything other than that, then you're deemed a failure because oh no, I've not been that busy this week, so people are going to think that uh, you know I'm not doing very well, and it's this whole judgy thing of you're worried about what people think, and I think that's a huge part of our culture in this country that people are also worried about what other people think it's like your PR and your marketing it's almost like PR mageddon if you're not busy or they're not doing very well or it's kind of this thing of badge of honor I've got to be busy all the time because it's almost like you're trying to convince yourself you know uh, if I'm not busy I'm a failing so it's almost like you're being judgmental towards yourself as well and it's I think a massive part of um taking care of your mental health is about being kind to yourself as well so that links to self-awareness it's about okay right i'm struggling a bit this week i'm feeling a bit low in energy i'm tired i'm not feeling my best i don't actually feel like working today if i don't work today or if i want to take the afternoon off i'm not going to give my hard myself a hard time over it i'm just going to do it i'm not going to feel guilty about it yeah.
1: which is difficult to do i mean that's that's a practice in itself People have to 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 learn to do that. And I'm I've been guilty of that as as I suppose maybe you have, is you sometimes like say feel guilty. Oh, I'm not I've not done this today, I've not done that. But that's where the gratitude is so important because you can say, right, okay, yes, I might not have done this that was on my to-do list, but I've done X, Y, and Z. And then that makes you feel better and that makes you more grounded. But yeah, it's easy to get caught in that trap of of trying to strive and achieve and chase, whereas you said early on in this podcast about being in the present and being grounded in the now, then the past doesn't matter and the future doesn't matter because you're, you're in the moment. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out. What are some of the other things that you've done then in terms of your, of your well-being to help the to get on the on the straight and narrow so to speak rather than being burnt out or here there and everywhere what what other stuff have you done have you changed like your exercise or your nutrition have you worked on those areas are they something that you take keen interest in
0: yeah I mean I've never been a massive fan I'm swearing at you now Ellie but I've never been a massive fan of exercise it's never come naturally to me uh, but I know I have to do it and you know when I was younger I mean I'm 38 now But when I was younger, I used to uh, be a lot more active, as you are when you're younger. Um, At school, I was always, you know, top in the cross country and I was a great runner, a sprinter and PE and all that. that PE was one of my favourite subjects. But as I've got older, uh, less interested, as as to say, in exercise and more kind of, I guess, my priorities have changed. And and work, you know, that whole work thing has taken over, um, as it often does when you're self-employed. And I think for me, I've had to try to integrate exercise into my routine um, over the years. And sometimes I've I've tried and I've failed at it many, many times. I've been a member of many gyms over the years where I've gone and I've got into it. And then after maybe six months, I've tailed off like a lot of people do and I've lost interest. So I've maybe moved to, to another gym um, just to try and give myself more inspiration and motivation. Um, but I am a member of a gym now. and um, Ever since I've gone to this particular gym, I've been um, really into it over the past couple of years. And I do love yoga. Yoga is a big thing for me, um, for my mindset. It helps me relax. It helps me sleep. It's great because my job involves sitting at a desk a lot. So it's easy to stiffen up when you're not moving. And I have to remind myself to get up and move um, a bit more than I do. I still am learning that one and could be better at that. Um, But yeah, yoga and Pilates in particular, yoga is a huge thing. and I love to do that most weeks. Obviously, it's been difficult during lockdown with the gyms being closed on and off because normally I would do it there. Um, So I did take to doing yoga online um, for a bit and I've got various different yoga teachers that I go to. Um, And then... Gym, yeah, for me, I like the gym. Um, sometimes, <laughs> um, I think I could probably do with a PT. So, You're at one, I
1: know, I know. <laughs> I need that
0: motivation. Uh, I need that motivation. But well, yeah, that,
1: actually, now we're on this topic. I want to just backtrack a little bit because I missed out one thing that I was going to say. You was talking about being your own best mentor. But I think there does come a time when you do need to get an external mentor or an external coach. In all walks of life, whether you're a business owner, whether it's for your health and well-being, whether it's to go and get a chiropractor to crack and clunk you, I do think you need that kind of external person to step in and help you because you can't do everything on your your own and uh, by yourself. And I think this is a big issue that a lot of business owners have. They're spinning so many plates and they're trying to be here, there, everywhere and do every single job and every single facet in that particular business that they're running and they're scared sometimes to to ask for help get help or even to delegate but i was i was similar to you i learned early on that you can't do it all on your, on your own by yourself and you can't not have a bit of a team around you to help support you because otherwise you're just going to get burnt out and you you're not going to be as as successful whatever success is for you if you're if you're trying to do everything so I think it is important to get a coach and a mentor and I know when I've personally had coaching it's helped me whew, go upwards for sure
0: sure yeah and it's about that um getting a getting a mentor either a business coach or mentor or a personal therapist or coach or mentor whatever it is that you feel you need or both but also it's about creating that circle and tribe around you as well of, of like-minded people and individuals that you can relate to that you in- that you aspire to that you are inspired by and that you can motivate one another um and having the right kind of people in your network i mean it goes back to that uh, really um i guess overused but amazing um quotation which i actually posted today on instagram your network is your net worth
1: exactly not just financial net worth though your whole well-being net worth your whole your whole self, your whole being. It, that's I think people get that kind of misconstrued of the net worth thing and they always think it's about money. Yes, a good network will help you with your financial situation, but more importantly it'll just help you as a human being.
0: It absolutely will and it goes back to the whole thing of that's the foundation anyway. You're the foundation of your business anyway. So if you're investing in your, in your mindset and in your mental health and in your health in general, uh, both mentally and physically, then um, that will have obviously positive knock-on effects in your business anyway. And that net worth word will probably then translate to dollars, (laughs) to money, because you've invested in yourself first, and you're going to be the best version that you are if you do that. So everything that you do thereafter will be uh, no doubt successful because you're feeling, uh in in the right way you are doing everything that you can possibly do to the maximum you're maximizing your opportunities um and you're investing in yourself you've got to invest in yourself haven't you
1: 100% 100% i invest in myself every day
0: <laughs> you do and you're very good at that you're very good at that you're definitely a brilliant um example of what um practicing what you preach says
1: yeah i mean for me it's all about bettering yourself i think that's to me that's what we're put here to do is to to grow every day and grow in the right ways, not necessarily the wrong ways. It's not always good to label things, but you know what I mean? I mean, you can grow and be a an evil person or you can grow and be an amazing person. I think if you put in that energy and that effort into the right areas to to grow and develop yourself and then ultimately pass those gifts on to other people, then that's the best service you can do to yourself and to to everyone else.
0: Absolutely. And I think if you feel confident in yourself as well in your abilities, then you're more confident to share your knowledge, aren't you, with others? And then you make a great leader then. The best leaders are those that um you know empower others to think for themselves anyway. And um you know you become a great leader if you know if you're a, an employee employer of a team, you've got a team that you manage and you're investing in yourself in your health anyway, initially, then you are going to be in the best position to be able to then invest in your team as well and to pass on everything that you know to your team and to empower them to be the best people that they can be too.
1: 100%. This podcast episode then is going to come out in, uh, in 2021. As we record it, it's 2020, but it'll be out in 2021, I'm pretty sure. And I know that you're massive on uh, vision setting, goal setting, all this kind of stuff. And I love this stuff. So can you share your practices for this and how maybe the listeners can start to incorporate this in all areas of their life, because it'll be a new year and people set these in air quotes, New Year's resolutions, and they never follow through with them. So how can they do a better version of that? How can they start using a vision board and all that kind of stuff that I know you're massive on to to better themselves?
0: Sure well I think it starts obviously it just starts with a reflection that we've spoken about quite a bit today and I think you know take some time to reflect because this year has been super super challenging for all of us and I think you know don't give yourself a hard time if you feel that things haven't gone the way that you've wanted them to go this year you know it 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 doesn't really matter you know next tomorrow is another day as, as, uh, as they say and next year is another year and you know I like that saying that every morning that you wake up is a chance to start again and I think you have if, if you have that kind of mindset where um you go you know what these are the things that haven't got quite gone right for me but this is it's about learning from things as well it's about learning from your either mistakes or experiences that haven't quite gone in the way that you want them to go so do some reflection have some reflection time and what i suggest to do when you do reflect is to take yourself out of your normal environment that you spend a lot of time in so if you're in the office or you're on the laptop looking at a screen or you're on social media a lot on your phone take yourself away from that for a bit and change your complete environment go outside connect with nature go for a walk sit on a bench you know whatever it might be and it's best to do this when you're alone as well um so that you haven't got any distractions And turn your phone off and that kind of thing and just kind of reflect on uh, on the on some of your achievements your accomplishments the challenges that you've faced and perhaps overcome this year and then look forward to challenges that you want to take on for next year and i love lists so a a good old list is always a good thing to do and i always think again don't do this on your computer but actually get the good old fashioned pen and a journal or a notepad and just start writing and i call it brain dumping But I tell a lot of my students and people that I train um, about, you know, thinking creatively and idea generating. If you're looking to launch something new, a new product or a new venture or a new business next year, or maybe you're looking to diversify an an existing business and you need to launch a new arm of that business, because perhaps you need to adapt because of the current climate, then idea generation is something that really you need to be starting to embark on now. And the way to do that is to brain dump, as I call it, and just get all of those ideas out of your head. And, and down your arm through the pen onto paper. And it doesn't really matter if it doesn't make any kind of sense because you can make sense of it later, but just get it out of your head. And uh, I don't know about you, Ali, but a lot of my ideas come at 3 a.m. <laughs> and it's a bit of a nightmare, but it's always a good tip to keep a pen and pad by your bed so that when you do get those ideas in the middle of the night, inconveniently, you can get them out of your head and onto paper and go back to sleep. Um, but, yeah, it, I think brain dumping is a great way to kind of start to um, look forward and to set some goals and lists, as I say, and make some lists. So and again, there doesn't have to be any kind of structural strategy to this list. It can just be a list of stuff you want to achieve next year. And then it's about formatting those lists and those brain dumps into some kind of structure eventually when you're ready to do that. And a vision board that you mentioned is always a good way to do that. I love vision boards because of being a creative person, I I learn better when um, anything's visual. I'm a visual learner, as they say. And so um, anything... Can you just
1: explain what a vision board is? Because some people might be watching or listening to this and they'll be like, what the hell is a vision board?
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. So um, you may have heard of mood boards, for example, and another word for them would be mood boards. Um, so it's basically uh, just a, a, what I would get is a large piece of card uh, or paper it doesn't have to be large it can be as big as you want but I like to usually use about a3 or bigger and it's basically uh, the concept is to um, basically cut and stick images of things that you want to achieve so a vision board is basically a visualization of any of your visions and goals that you want to achieve in the future um, and it's not a list and it's not something that you would tick off, but it's something tangible that will keep you accountable. So you would uh, maybe get some magazines, maybe travel magazines, food, whatever, a mixture of different magazines. And you would have a look through and you would see what resonates with you. Um, and that could be just an image of um, maybe a beach. And that's because you maybe want to do more traveling next year, for example. You could have um, cut an image out of... Um, some books and that's because your vision and your goal next year is to read more books and to start reading more so these these are sort of visual representations I guess and symbols if you like of things that you want to achieve and smash in terms of your goal setting and cut them out stick them on the in no way there's no kind of order that they need to be in this is kind of a it's a cutting and sticking exercise and it's fun and it kind of takes you back to childhood a little bit when you used to do that I don't know like if people used to do that with the Argos catalogue. <laughs> I used to do it when
1: I was a child. I absolutely, I'm the opposite to you. I, I hate like art and and cre- creative stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a true story. My, um, I used to, if I got anything on my hands when I was a kid, I used to cry. That's how like I'm like a, I'm not a manly man. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, so if I got you know like charcoal or pastels or paint or glue or or clay I just used to like start crying I hated things on my hands I hated art as soon as it got to year nine I dropped art I was like get rid of that so so yeah I mean but everyone's different I mean Sarah's very creative Sarah's family's very creative whereas that's not the way I'm necessarily wind up I'm, I'm wired up I'm creative in different ways I like cooking and, and whatnot but um creative with this podcast I guess <laughs>
0: You are. And you know what? What's interesting is to say that is that you don't actually need to be artistic to be creative. I wrote an article about this recently and you actually don't. I mean, a lot of people think that uh, to be a creative thinker, you've got to be naturally artistic and have been born to be artistic. And you really don't. You can teach creativity, believe it or not, through different tools and techniques. Professor Edward de Bono actually did say this, and he's actually launched a lot of books over about this about lateral thinking, about tools and techniques. If people have read these books or watched his TED Talks or interviews, and actually, you know, it's an interesting concept that um, anybody could actually be creative if they just take the time to learn how to be through different skill, uh, different frameworks, if you like. And um, for that reason, that's great because then that means that. Um, anything is possible in any industry of business that you run uh, because you need to be creative and you need to get into a creative mindset to be able to idea generate and um, you know a business a bus- what I say uh, or I always say is a business without creativity is a business without ideas so and every business needs to have ideas in order to grow and to develop and to move forward and to set themselves apart from their competitors and why would you want to be just one step ahead of your competitors when you can be ten? you know and that's kind of the mindset I've always had in my business that you know you say I run a successful business and some people ask me you know what does it take to run a successful business and that kind of thing and I think first of all you've got to define what success is to you but then secondly you've also got to um look at well actually um, for me one of the reasons one of the reasons that sets me apart from maybe other people that might class themselves as competitors against me is that um I very much have always had the mindset that it's important to stay 10 steps ahead of my competitors as opposed to just one or two and when it comes to unique selling points in usps always have you know eight to ten rather than one or two you know there are no strict rules on this um so it's about mindset as well and it's about individuality and setting yourself apart from the crowd thinking differently thinking outside of the box as they say and how do you do that well you have to be a creative thinker um so yeah, it's interesting that you should say that you're not artistic, but it definitely shouldn't limit you in, order, in, uh, in your sort of idea generation and growing your business, that's for sure.
1: When you've done this like vision boarding and, and you've, you've kind of got everything out, brain dumps and all that, what's the steps for one to start ticking off some of these things and, and achieving it? Because it's all good and well, sticking stuff on paper and, and writing things down. What would be the next step for people or how would they start engaging in it?
0: It's a good point. I think, you know, there's so many different steps steps to uh, hitting your goals. But I think ultimately when you've done your vision board, I think, you know, as I say, that's there to keep you accountable. So your vision board really is an exercise to actually really kind of so that you can visually remind yourself on a daily basis why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and it reminds you, you know, we're all working and it's really easy to get uh, bogged down with the day to day stuff in business and to forget the reason why you're actually doing it in the first place. Um, and we've all kind of got to that point And I think that's what um, burnout actually is caused by. It's about forgetting your purpose and goal setting and re-evaluating your purpose is a huge thing. So it's um, a, a huge part of the strategy of goal setting is not only reflection. But it's also re-evaluation and re-evaluating why you're doing what you're doing and revisiting your why. You know, um, Simon Sinek talks a lot about why. Um, And I remember when I first started in business, his TED Talk was one of the first I ever watched. And I was super inspired by it. And I never forgot it since. And I kind of do all my marketing around the story of why um, and why I do what I do. And I think um, you've got to it's easy to forget that, as I say, and you've got to keep revisiting your purpose um throughout but i think in terms of strategy you've got to have some form of strategy in place rather than sort of floating along organically in the world of business hoping that you know you tick off things on your list and one day you'll get round to this or the other i think you know even if you're not one of those heavily structured people that like to live by lists i definitely think by having some form of strategy in place to hit your goals in business is um it is a must. Um, and there's loads of different things, obviously, that you can integrate within your strategy, depending on, you know, what your goal is, is it short term? Is it long term? So to identify, you know, what goal it is that you're looking, I definitely think um, setting time frames. I always say in goal setting, it's great to um, focus on the end goal and then work backwards and kind of split it up into segments absolutely yeah so it's about focusing on the end goal and what you want to achieve and then working backwards and going right how do i get to that point you know splitting it up into segments and then working out what you do in each of those segments to get nearer to your goal and how long each of those segments is going to take so you have to set yourself time frames as well a bit of a timeline as such um otherwise you you know if you don't make yourself accountable to a timeline then you know, you you could end up your goal could end up uh going on for five years when actually you could have achieved it in one.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think that's the the one that people always forget is that time element. And I, I always when I'm asking people, they they come and see me and they're like, I want to lose weight or I want to run a marathon or whatever. And so when do you want to do this by? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. Do you, and it's like, Well, where are we going with this? You've got to have that that end, end time frame. But I think it does ultimately boil down when it comes to goal setting, vision, boarding, planning for the future, all of that kind of stuff. I think it ultimately does boil down to what you said earlier. It's the why. It's the, what's the reason why you're doing it? What's the deep burning internal desire? I think it always starts there. And then everything that you should do should be aligned to that. And when it is aligned to that, then you know you're living out your purpose. But I think too many people they're letting life almost happen to them rather than creating it. And I put this video out the other couple of weeks ago that quite a lot of people messaged me about, about creating your own reality. And we're all creators of our own reality, but we let stuff happen to us and we just absorb it rather than creating our own path and carving out our own journey. Yeah,
0: no, 100%. And actually, I really resonate with that because one of my favorite quotations is, uh, well, something that I I believe I'm claiming this one because I don't think anyone else has said this before me, but they probably have, but um, it, it's really about, you know, your dream job doesn't exist. You have to create it. You have to create your future and you have to create your existence on this planet. To, you know, you're only, um, you, you only answer to yourself. So if things happen to you or things go wrong, you know, some things are out of your control granted, but you are in control of your own destiny. I'm a massive believer in that. And, um, and so, you know, if it, things aren't always going to go the way that you want them to go, but as long as you learn from that and then you you grow as a person and you develop from that, then that's all you can do.
1: Yeah. And you'll keep getting smashed with the same lesson until you, till you make a change. Some people are like that. People just keep, I mean, I've been guilty of it. Sometimes it's that self-sabotage thing where keep making the same mistake and then one day <laughs> you switch. But if you can learn that lesson earlier on, you're going you're gonna to move forward in a more effective way, definitely
0: exactly and you asked earlier about you know what 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 can you do to prevent almost things happening and why do people not not prevent but why do people kind of wait till it's too late before making changes and i think sometimes you do have to learn the hard way in life unfortunately you know if you if you if you are sort of in that bubble and you're going at 100 mile an hour through no fault of your own just because that's your that's your life right now um, and you're just trying to keep your head above water and you're trying to graft away and work you know for a lot of us that's the case but you know sometimes you don't realize until it's too late and then you do experience mental health issues or burnout or insomnia or anxiety or stress or depression and all of those things that it can bring on and you know that's not uncommon in particularly in this country and I think um, it is about recognizing that but but um, and also you know trying to if you're already at the phase where things are pretty good for you and you feel like you've got a pretty good work balance that's brilliant just keep going but if you feel like you're on the cusp of of that of that happening you know and you are starting to recognize that actually you know I think I'm not feeling great about myself at the moment and I feel like I'm on the cusp of like a bit of a meltdown there's still time to prevent that happening um, and it's about just kind of tapping into the tools and things that think examples that we've spoken about today Alia, that you can take on board and you can just try just give it a go like meditation for example is not for everyone um, you know maybe yoga's not for everyone but there is something for everyone and so it's about finding what is your thing that helps you to escape find that escapism to find that peace um and to help you calm find that calmness in your life and to help you know to help you um basically find that work life balance um, and there is something for everyone out there it's just discovering it and finding it really.
1: Definitely. And also doing the stuff that brings you your own joy and happiness. I mean, it's, there's too much of this. You should be in this position or you should do that or you should have X in the bank or drive whatever car. And it's all, to me, it's just, it doesn't mean anything. It's pointless stuff. And you've got to do stuff that makes your heart sing and what makes you deeply internally happy. And if that's playing with the kids or playing the guitar or drawing a picture or whatever, then do more of that. Don't feel that you have to abide by what society tells you to do
0: yeah absolutely 100% agree with you I think I love that about doing what makes your heart sing I love that and yeah it is about what makes you happy find your happiness find your happy place your safe haven as well your sanctuary somewhere everyone should have their safe haven and sanctuary as a place and that can be at somebody's house you know if some people it's their grandparents house that's what mine used to be um or it can be walking on top of a hill in the Lake District or the Peaks or something but wherever that happy place is everybody should have that so that if you start to feel like you're um, not in a good place that you can go to that sanctuary or safe haven that place that you've created in your mind and that could just be a garden or a woods or something and that is your happy place where you can escape to for a few hours minutes whatever just to reconnect with yourself it's super important to keep reconnecting with yourself definitely.
1: Definitely. And slowing down, you mentioned that a couple of times as people are moving too fast.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not a race. It's really not. And I always relate that to business networking as well. When people sort of work the room, you know, I don't like that phrase working the room in business networking, because I think, you know, it's not a race. Be the tortoise, not the hare. It's kind of like building relationships is the most important thing in life, not just in business. Um, It's that human connection of getting to know somebody behind the brand um because you know cliche I know but people do buy people and it is about kind of um taking that time for yourself to slow down enjoy the moment and let that other person that you're having a conversation enjoy the conversation and moment with you as well um it's not a rush it's not a rush to hand out business cards everywhere you go and to collect as many business cards as you can by the end of the evening or day it's not it's not a race you know you you shouldn't really be in competition with anybody else but yourself as well. Is another thing that I think, you know, when you're talking about goal setting, um, is 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 always kind of lay down the um, the starting point of the last goal that you achieved and try and better that. Um, but the, the 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 operative word is that it's about the goal that you achieved previously, not not somebody else. Um, because the moment that you start trying to compare, like you said, to other people, it can get really dangerous and it can be really demoralising. And damaging. Um, The moment that you start, there's always going to be somebody that's bigger and better and more successful than you, uh, earning more money than you, bigger company, better car, whatever. But um, you know, comparisons are really, really dangerous. So uh, I think you know if you can try. Comparison
1: is the thief of joy. Say that again. Comparison is the thief of joy.
0: I like it. I like it, Ali. Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, but it's difficult in this day and age with when we've all got bloody Instagram in our pocket and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and the list goes on. It is very very difficult and I know it's difficult for especially for the younger generation, but I've suffered with it and I know a lot of people close to me have suffered with that. Oh, well they're doing this and they're doing that, but ultimately what you've got to realize is that everyone's on their own their own journey, their own path and what you need to do is just focus on your yourself and live out the best possible existence you can for yourself and not get engaged or distracted or swayed by what somebody on the other side of the world's doing because at the end of the day again it doesn't it doesn't mean anything
0: yeah it doesn't matter does it i mean it's in it, it's insignificant compared to so many other things that are going on in the world um you know what car someone's driving or whatever i think it's good to um i've never classed myself as having competitors in my industry Interestingly. Um, I know that the world that I'm in is really quite heavily saturated in the world of business networking these days and I remember when I first started out in business it really bothered me every time I saw someone that was doing anything remotely like what I was doing Um, but it was really damaging to my mental health as well because I would have sleepless nights over it and then I would really kind of get to the point where I thought well there's no point doing what I'm doing then if somebody else is doing it and it's really bad bad attitude to have and I learned very quickly that it wasn't the right attitude to have in business and I switched my mindset um, and now where the
1: awareness comes back in though so does, you know,
0: yeah.
1: as I've said on numerous podcasts and people that listen to my show regularly will know I've said this multiple times but the number one word that has come up on this podcast is awareness the amount of guests that have said it awareness self-awareness being aware it's come up I'd say on like maybe two thirds of my podcast always keeps coming up and when you are aware, you can be aware that you're doing that, that you're having that reaction. Okay, what's triggering it? Why am I being like this? And start asking yourself questions. And awareness, again, is, is just a, is a, another practice, another skill that doesn't happen overnight that you have to develop.
0: It really is. And it is a skill. And you would think that it would be a natural human instinct for everybody to have self-awareness. But in my line of work, It's crazy how many people I've encountered that don't, you know, like when you're business networking, for example, at an event and somebody's completely taking over the conversation, for example, and talking about themselves the whole time. That's just one example of lack of self-awareness that I come across a lot in my industry is people that just overtake the conversation, make it all about themselves and forget that a conversation is actually supposed to be like a game of tennis batting back and forth. And actually, listening as well as much as speaking, um, and people really aren't aware of that. There are a lot of people out there that aren't aware of that, and 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 don't really act interested. You know, it's that whole quote of, um, uh, I think it is it Stephen Covey who says about. Um, Uh, A lot of people don't listen to uh, actually listen, they listen to uh, with intent to. I can't remember what this quotation is. Yeah, because the deepest level
1: of listening is empathetic listening, isn't it? Where you're listening with empathy, and there's like I think there's five or six, or maybe even seven different levels of listening that you can listen at. And most people are trapped in like the first two, which are you're basically not listening. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, because they're listening. They're not listening to listen. They're listening to wait for you to finish so that they can start talking. And you can tell those people a mile off because they're glazed over in their eyes and they're not really engaged with the conversation at all. You know what you're saying is not going in. They're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can find a gap so that they can start talking and um, you know, not even acknowledge what you've just said. And that's a really, really bad conversationalist. But conversation is an art. And a lot of people don't realise that. But I've learned that in my industry. I was guilty of it, you know, once upon a time. I've learned a lot in my industry over the years of doing what I do. And I'm still not perfect and I'm still always learning. But I think, it's, again, as long as you're self-aware of it and you're aware of it, and even if you do find yourself like, talking a bit too much in a conversation with somebody, as long as you're aware of that and then you bring it back and you rectify it, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Definitely. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Okay, let's maybe give the listeners some actionable steps that they can put into practice. So if they were to just turn this off right now and you could only give them three bits of advice and let's aim it at maybe these business owners, these corporate people because that's what most of my audience is but also this podcast has been heavily centered around, around business and And that area. So if you had to give people that are working in business or in a corporate environment three pieces of advice to help them with their business but also their health and well-being on all fronts straight away as soon as they finish this, what would those tips be?
0: I think um, number one it would be to um, take some time to reflect, definitely. That would be a, a biggie for me, especially based on the what we've all been through this year. We've all been through very challenging times and some of us have worked super hard all the way through lockdown. Some of us haven't been able to if we've been furloughed and that kind of thing, but quite a lot of people have actually worked through lockdown and some people have started new businesses or new ventures and some people have had to work extra hard more so than ever this year to just stay afloat and to stay visible. So, you know, I take my hat off to anybody that's done that. And I think, you know, um, the best thing that you could do right now, as we approach the end of this year, and coming into a new year is to just take that time to reflect on all the things that you have achieved, all the positives that have come out of this year, and to switch your mindset from maybe the negative, if it has been in that way for a while, into thinking and making even a list of the positive things that have come out of 2020, because I guarantee there'll be at least one positive that's come out of this year for all of you, if you really take time to sit and think and reflect. So that's my number one. Um, I think number two is to um, start some goal setting. Um, Definitely, I think uh, that's always a good distraction from things that aren't great in your life. If you're going through a challenging time, Always great to start looking forward and looking to the future and thinking positively about okay, things haven't worked out great this year for me, or this hasn't happened the way I wanted it to happen. However, you know, this is what I'm going to set myself for next year. So start doing some goal setting, and the one thing that you could do there is to create a vision board, like we've spoken about, do some brain dumping and get all the things out of your head onto a piece of paper through the pen onto the paper. Um, And start making some lists. Lists are always great. And there doesn't need to be any kind of necessary strategy to it. It's just a case of just start just making a start. Don't give yourself too much of a hard time. but Just make a start on your goal setting journey. And then number three, we spoke about mentors and how, um, you know, being self-aware and making sure that you are your own best mentor in the sense that you are aware of your um, feelings and your emotions and how you're feeling at that point so being a bit more mindful and in the present but how do you do that if you're not really used to doing it it's quite difficult so I would always say um getting it like you quite rightly advised um, Ali an external mentor if you haven't already got somebody who can help you to guide you through perhaps your goal setting journey for next year um or to give you some advice on where to go next, if you're feeling like you're in a bit of a rut and you need a bit of a boost, uh, whether it's personally or in, or in business, then getting a business coach or a mentor is definitely a great thing to do. Um, and if you're unable to do that, maybe through financial reasons or whatever, then the next best thing you can do is just focus on building your circle and your network around you. And that can be through um, friends or people that inspire you, motivate you, and if you you aspire to be like connect with people through LinkedIn and start having conversations with people keep talking and um also you can um there's loads of online events that are happening at the moment obviously at a distance so get yourself booked onto a few online networking events and keep connected that way build some relationships with new people new connections because you never know what you're going to get from that and you might end up finding your mentor or your coach from that and if not a mentor or a coach definitely somebody that you would want in your circle to keep close to you you never know what strategic partnerships and collaborations can come out of it in the future as well so yeah
1: excellent three tips and I just want to say as well about mentors they don't have to be people that you're directly in contact with in in person I mean because I'd call some people that I listen to on podcasts and books that I read mentors and I've never met them and I probably never will meet them. So you can have multiple mentors and you can have multiple coaches and you don't all, I mean, coaching is a bit different but with a mentor, you don't always have to know them directly. Yeah, it's
0: a really good point. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Keep reading, keep going, watching webinars, TEDx talks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's so... Much stuff now, I mean there is a information overload to some extent, but there's loads of great podcasts i you're listening to one now there's videos out there there's good content that you can engross yourself in and just really learn from without paying a single penny there's so much free information that you that you can get, but just make sure that you're you're choosing choosing the right ones that relate to to your why I think so there's yeah. no point if you're into racing car driving getting a mentor that does cricket or whatever so it's got to be aligned with what you do
0: yeah no definitely that's for sure and you click with people don't you so if you're going to get a mentor yeah well
1: that's one thing I wanted to point out off the back of what you said about the networking Um, when you're having conversations with people in business in life whatever it is at the gym whatever the case may be you're not always going to vibe with everyone. That's just the way things go. And you'll know straight away, or you even say, oh, the vibe was off there, or that wasn't quite right. And that's just the fact of life. You're not always going to get on with everyone. You might meet someone without judging. You might not just get on with them. It's just the way it goes. And then other people, you might get on like a house on fire. So it's important to, again, there's that word awareness, be aware of you're not always going to get on with everyone.
0: Exactly and not giving yourself a hard time if you don't yeah I mean it is scientifically proven you know it's chemical isn't it that humans don't always vibe with each other there is sometimes a repel situation where you might repel against someone and you don't know why you know you might have been in a situation where you just you don't gel with someone for whatever reason you're not on the same page when you're having a conversation or you know there's that introvert, extro- extrovert kind of scenario as well. Um, if you're a bit of an introvert, nothing wrong in that at all. But maybe, you know, you might find that extroverts are too much for you. So it's that kind of thing of who slots in with who. And it's that's what the beauty of networking is, is that you can pick and choose who, the, who you um, speak to in a way, who you're drawn to, you know, who makes eye contact with you, who smiles, who looks approachable, who looks personable. And all of, those math, all of those mannerisms and things are so important to um, be aware of for yourself so that you can look approachable, so that people want to speak to you at a networking event, but also vice versa in the sense of who you're aware of are in the room and who actually you're attracted to and want to speak to in that sense, who you're drawn towards, because that's how relationships happen through connectivity at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. What is it? The the strength of your relationships is equals how happy you're going to be. That's the most viewed TED talk and the longest study ever done on human happiness is on relationships. It's the strength of your relationships equals your happiness. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And just to round it off as well, I'd like to say that I know it's what you do networking, and that's how we met, but it's so, so it's so powerful networking. The network, my network has literally saved my saved my ass multiple times. Mm-hmm multiple Mm. times because you as I said you can't do it all you need that that network of people that are that are experts in what they do to help you out sometimes because you can't do it all on your own
0: oh yeah, definitely 100% like a good example of that for me this year was um, when March hit the lockdown hit and all of our events would normally be in person and the the industry of events just went to a standstill and I had to act quickly and go into survival mode and figure out what I was going to do and You know, I decided I'd have to take my events online. The format would have to change somewhat. Um, But I didn't, I'm not really a techie person. So I didn't really understand how to do it. So I called upon someone in my network who I know who is good at tech and who isn't good at managing, you know, Zoom and that kind of thing. And um, we ended up collaborating. And then, you know, fast forward eight, nine months later, and we, um, he's become my co-host, Matt Davis, he's become my co-host on the events. Uh, managing the zoom room for us at the events and I've learned a hell of a lot from him along the way um, and you know a nice beautiful kind of relationship has been formed from that in business. Um, and so you know I think sometimes you just got to take the leap when something happens and you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. Um, that actually came from him putting a post out on LinkedIn saying at the time you know if anybody needs any help with anything give me a shout um, And I saw that post and I thought, yeah right, I need your help. And I contacted him privately, DM'd him and said, look, um, this is the situation. Uh, If you've got any advice you can give me on how I can take my events online, I'd be grateful. You know, and fast forward now and we've been working together ever since. So, yeah, it's um, that's how things happen. And you've got to be open to helping others as well. And beautiful things can come from that.
1: Exactly. I wouldn't have a wife if it wasn't for networking. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's what you might do, but it might not have been
1: Sarah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: exactly. Also,
1: well, we've covered so much there and I think there's going to be loads of valuable content that the, the, the listeners and viewers can pick up on. And even if you just take one thing away from this, then you'll make changes for sure in, in a positive manner. But just to round things off. Fiona, where can the people listening and watching this go to find out more about you and maybe learn about you and what you do?
0: Um, So I just launched a brand new website, which I um, crazily built myself. I say I'm a tech foe, but I did have a go at building my own website in lockdown and I'm quite proud of that. Um, So it's FionaDuncanSteer.com. You can find me. So it's just my name, FionaDuncanSteer.com. And you can find out everything about me and my story on there and the services that I offer. Um, through different workshops that I run Um, and then also my virtual training hub can be accessed through that website as well I've got loads of Um, Actually, quite a few freebies on there. So if anybody's interested in downloading anything for free um, uh, around the subjects that we spoke about, I've just launched a manifest your goals in 15 steps checklist that you can download for free um, off my virtual training hub. There's also an ebook that I wrote during lockdown about business networking online, seven steps to success. So if anyone wants to embark on their journey of online networking going forward and keep connected, then um, feel free to download that. And then follow me on all the socials. It's just my name again at Fiona Duncan Steer for um, Facebook and for Instagram. And then Twitter is my business name, RSVIP underscore.
1: Awesome. Love it. And we always end the show in the same way. And that's with a favorite quote. So can you just round the show off with a favorite quote, please?
0: Yeah. So uh, today's quote for me is to identify your strengths and work towards developing them every single day.
1: Awesome. Love it. Thanks, Fiona. Appreciate your time. That's a wrap on another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, peace and love.